the camera angle of Danny Welbeck just like staring at the ball like yeah. deep in thought. Yeah. Did it not seem like that was there for five minutes? I mean, I, I know it, it was. Did. It was probably really five seconds, but like he was, was probably like, I, he was thinking like, how did I get here? Like literally, I I just flopped <laughs> on a penalty. But what am I doing here with my life? Welcome to another episode of the 4th Best Podcast. This is Monty, and I'm here with Steve as always. Steve, how are you doing today? Uh, I am doing well. We, uh, Yeah, it's great. It's great to be a gunner today. <laughs> Man, it seems like you're, you're not sure what to say because you're just really excited. Uh, no, we... I was going to expound on like how great I'm doing, but then I was like, you know what? We'll just let we this want to hear. just marinate for the entire show. Okay. Okay. All right. Well. Yeah. Going. Yeah. We weren't. Well, we let, weren't, let me add. Let me add this. Not Arsenal related. So out here in California, we've been uh uh kind of, you know, in the middle of all these uh, rainstorms and everything. So it's been cloudy days, rain every day. Yeah. And I'm looking outside my window today, and it's bright and it's sunny. I don't think it will be all day, but at this very moment, we are probably like in the eye of a storm, and there's a ray of sunshine. So, uh, it's a good day. But okay. So on Arsenal related news here, um, we had. Four games in a row that we lost, and we were all sad. And then we are now on three games in a row that we've won, and we've gone on to the next round, the quarterfinals of the Europa League. Uh, so we're going to talk about the Arsenal game against AC Milan, the second leg. Um, let's jump into the game. Starting off, Arsenal started very, very strong, and then we had an injury with Koscielny. Uh, he It was like a corner kick situation. He jumped. I don't know if he got hit or he landed funny. Uh, it looked like he was holding on to his back. Um, it looked like he got a little bit of a knock and he had a, he had a cramp, I guess. That's what Wenger was saying. Uh, and then Chambers came in. What, what's your input on the whole Koscielny? He's been in and out of, with injury. What, what do you think about Koscielny's injury? Yeah, I was kind of bummed. Uh, and obviously it is of some concern. At least we've got an international break where hopefully, you know, if it, if it is just a cramp, he can get whatever treatment he needs and be back um, full swing uh, in about two weeks, ten days. Um, but yeah, it is it is concerning. He's kind of getting up there in the age, and uh, you know, like just the body is. I feel like it's it's been failing him for a while, but it's really kind of been accelerated this year. He's you're right. He's been in and out of the lineup. He's becoming more and more someone that we cannot rely on. Um, but when he does play, he generally uh, does well. So uh, we are going to need him for the rest of the season, and um, hopefully, hopefully, it isn't anything too seriously. Yeah, hopefully he. Uh... Takes the time to recuperate. We'll talk a little bit about that later, though. Um, so, Arsenal was doing a really good job, and it's it's kind of the typical Arsenal at home match where they're putting a lot of pressure. Uh, but then there was the goal that Milan scored. Uh, this is going to be the hardest part of the podcast is pronouncing this guy's name, and I heard him say it a bunch of times. So I'm going to take a stab at it. Chananoglu, I, I think that's what his name is from AC Milan, the uh, Turkish star. Uh, he had a shot from outside the box, um, pretty far out. Uh, I think it was another typical problem with Arsenal where they just don't know how to close down the pressure points. Um, and I, maybe Shaka wasn't expecting him to shoot from that far, so he gave him a little more uh, space. But he hit a perfect, perfect, perfect shot uh, that also spun out of uh, Ospina's control and into the goal. What was your input on the uh, the first goal, uh, Milan's only goal of the game? Yeah, it was, uh, I think you mentioned it was kind of typical in the sense where Arsenal... Um, had kind of been dominating possession up to that point. They were very aggressive offensively, and they really looked like Arsenal looked like they were on the verge of scoring. 
Um, it was nice to see everybody was up for the game and everybody was flying around trying to, you know, ensure that, um, you know, that, that our team would hold on to their two goal lead and, and, uh, move on to the next round. And then, and then the shot from, I don't know, outside the box from a tight angle. And you're right. It takes a dip and a bounce and it, Ospina, you know, probably should have done better. My honest thought was like, that's a lucky goal. Like he's, it was, it was a well hit. I mean, it was a well hit ball and, and, you know, like, I guess if you just place a well-hit ball into uh, and, and make somebody else make a play, then you give yourself the chance of scoring the goal. Um, but yeah, I think Ospina should did better. But obviously, it was—I just think it was—it was one of those goals where it's like you can't—you can't count on if you're AC Milan, you can't count on getting multiple goals that way. And uh, I was disappointed, and it kind of left me a little tense, like, oh, here we go. Because right off the opening kickoff, like I think less than a minute into the game, mm-hmm. uh, they, AC Milan had a, a, a much better chance of scoring a goal than that one. Yeah. And, um, and you know, so I was already a little worried. Um, and then they actually do score. And so now we're only up 2-1 on aggregate. And you were, I was kind of wondering, uh, oh, man, this is a lot of game left. Um, we don't really have that cushion like we had previously. If they get another goal, like it's gonna be really, it's gonna be a full-on fight at this point. And without Kashoni already, it could have, it definitely had me concerned. For sure, had me concerned. Oh, definitely. In the 35th minute, when that goal happened, it was a little nerve-wracking because you thought this is gonna be uh, Arsenal season in a nutshell, pretty much here, where you have high hopes and then it kind of diminishes early on. But then something extraordinary happens uh, about two, three minutes later. The super, super obvious penalty that Ricardo Rodriguez does on our super, super, superstar, Danny Welbeck. Um, I'm going to ask you, plain and simple, unbiased Arsenal fan, was it a penalty, Steve? Uh, No. (laughs) So as an unbiased, if I'm just watching the game, that was not a penalty. That was, oh, man, that was not a penalty. Yeah. I would be, if that happened, uh, like if, if we were the defending team, and AC Milan had a player go down like that, I mm. would be fuming. Oh, I'd be for sure. so mad. Uh, but so luckily, no, based on that, based on that assessment, I'd say no, it wasn't a penalty. Well, that's why. Luckily, luckily, it was the other way around. Uh, of all people, for this to happen to was Danny Welbeck. But let me actually point out a positive out of all. I mean, the whole situation was positive for Arsenal. But Milan goes up and, you know, we're, we're nervous a little bit because it's like they need one more goal to tie this in aggregate. The, they're kind of picking up their steam. But the way Arsenal reacts wasn't, you know, closed down. They were like, no, let's put pressure on this. And, that was, I mean, the whole buildup to that play was great. Mkhitaryan had a nice play. He had a great first half, Mkhitaryan. Uh, yeah, but, yeah, when, when Danny Welbeck runs in, and it, you know they always tell you look for that contact. I don't know what contact, because Ricardo Rodriguez doesn't touch him at, at the feet. And he kind of almost wraps his hand around Danny Welbeck, but he puts, he, he, he puts his hand back quick enough. And then Danny Welbeck takes like a step and a half, and then he slides, slides down. And it was the, the, the official on the side of the field who was the one that called it, the guy who was right in front who could see everything. And for some reason, luckily, he saw a penalty. Um, but yeah, so what's going on in your mind seeing Danny Welbeck step up for the penalty, knowing that he hasn't had the most mm, consistent uh, season? I'm not going to lie. I was a little nervous because, great, we got a penalty, but there still wasn't a goal. I think he actually yeah. finished it very, very well. But yeah, Danny Welbeck yeah, going up for the penalty. I was the same. Yeah, I was the same as you. Like I was definitely nervous uh, watching him line up, and 
Uh, it just seemed like, uh, I don't know, probably because I was so anxious. It seemed like it took forever to him to actually, uh, it was just like <laughs> the camera angle of Danny Welbeck just like staring at the ball, like yeah. deep in thought. Yeah. It did not seem like that was there for five minutes. I mean, I, I know it, it, it was, did. it was probably really five seconds, but like, he was, I was probably, like, I, yeah. He was thinking like, how did I get here? Like literally I, I just flopped <laughs> on a penalty, but what am I doing here with my life? What's going on? Like just thinking about everything. Oh yeah, yeah no, but but he actually did a really good job with the penalty. Donnarumma went to completely the wrong side. And Donnarumma actually has a history of doing well against penalties. Uh, but it was a really well-taken penalty. Uh, I have to applaud you, Danny. Yeah, no, seriously. Yeah, he sent the keeper the wrong way. He calmly just, like, places it in the opposite corner the keeper was going. You know, he puts it on the left side there. Um, yeah, I mean, it was uh, a, a well-taken well-taken penalty. Um, and so props to Welbeck for, with all that pressure of, you know, Milan players are yelling at him and, and you know, like I'm I'm sure, I don't know what's, you know, I, he hasn't had um, many goals lately and I know all those things kind of kind of start to creep into your mind. And yeah, like I said, that shot of, that, that, that camera angle of him just staring at the ball, just contemplating the meaning of life right before he <laughs> takes that penalty had me, had me really, really worried. But, but uh, yeah, I applaud Danny for uh, having the mental toughness to take the penalty and, and bury it. And, uh, it kind of, kind of calmed everybody down again because uh, once again we would have that two goal cushion. Yeah, well, and then right afterwards, because obviously there was controversy uh, in their penalty box. Right afterwards, there was a handball situation that actually hit Chambers' upper arm, which would technically be a penalty, and they didn't yeah. call. So if you were on the opposing side and you were furious about a penalty being called against you, and then you see something like that where there wasn't a penalty, again for some reason. Luckily, the refs were on our side, but that was definitely a penalty uh, for, for Milan that luckily they didn't call. Um, I know I'm sounding like a yeah, Milan the, fan the all only, of a sudden. Yeah, no, for sure. It, yeah, you do, <laughs> you do sound like you're rooting for, uh, for Milan a little bit or at least pleading their case. Uh, yeah, I would, again, like if the roles were reversed, I could definitely see myself uh, hoping that a penalty would have been called. The only thing I could say is that um, the way the ball ricocheted uh, – you know, the distance from where the ball ricocheted in, into his arm, like maybe that's what the ref saw. But his arm was definitely like like way high up. And yeah, I, I've seen that go either way. Um, yeah. I'm glad it went our way this time. Exactly. And then a little bit after that, Wilshire had a shot from outside the box. And Donnarumma has a weird way of saving it. And I'm bringing this up for a reason because it led into the second goal. Uh, so Wilshire had the shot right before halftime outside the box. And Donnarumma dives to his left side. And normally you would see a goalie blocking that and either letting it go outside to the left side into the like out for a corner or just out of the box towards the left side but he dives to the left side and deflects it to the right side to a defender of Milan which helped out and they were able to clear it but then we go into the 71st minute of the game where Shaka as usual because I don't think Shaka believes in stepping into the uh the 18 yard box he has to take every shot from outside the box and as usual he takes a shot from outside the box a well taken shot and Donnarumma does the same thing he blocks it and rather than pushing it out to the left he bounces it so it goes to his right and then it deflects into the goal it was a very awkward goal and honestly for the up-and-coming star goalie Donnarumma he had a very bad game um at least in in these instances this was a terrible terrible blooper of his of his but it was a weird tactic but yeah you I mean I, I know the uh the Arsenal fans anytime somebody gets the ball from outside the box the Arsenal fans are all chanting for him to shoot I know Shaka loves that Arsenal are now up 2 to 1 what do you think about the uh, the goal and Donnarumma's uh weird block 
Uh, yeah, I mean, it was, um, that was amateur level goalkeeping on display there. Um, yeah, I didn't, uh, I don't know. I guess when it all happened that quickly, I was, I, I was, I couldn't understand like what he was trying to do. Yeah. Um, after watching it and, and hearing your assessment of like, I guess he tried that against Wilshire. Like maybe that is like something he does like regularly, like, Oh, maybe I could just deflect it back into my box because one of my defenders is there and they'll clear it. And sure, there is a benefit in that. You don't give up the corner. But um, but you run the risk of what happened to, to, on the Jaka shot to happen. Mm-hmm. And you, I think, you, I don't know, like, I didn't, I, I didn't play as a keeper growing up. But, like, you run the risk of, like, an oncoming attacker tapping it back into the goal that you're diving away from, the section of the, the goal you're diving away from. So, I don't know. It was just poor form. But, again, just like with Milan's first goal, uh, if you put a well-placed shot um on the keeper uh you at least give yourself a chance of scoring a goal so uh while it was a, a lucky goal um you know good for Jaka. You, you you put a ball in there and 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 make force somebody else to make a play mm-hmm. um and then later on i don't know if you saw when ozil subbed off he didn't look very happy and i really wanted to see what he was thinking and they, they showed him a, a yeah, couple he, times he's, afterwards he's, he is never thrilled about getting subbed off he's uh no yeah yeah I, you know, I feel. I mean, I feel like uh, Arsenal is doing it just as like, a, look, you're gonna play like in every single game from here on out, you know. Seriously. So we're just trying to, you know, limit your minutes as we can. Um, and uh, but yeah, he just always looks very, very upset getting subbed yeah. off. This is probably like the second or third time he's been subbed off in the past three or four weeks, and uh, you know, he just always looks looks very, very upset. How did you think the play with him and Mkhitaryan was? Because there was some, I feel like they were, they're connecting very well. There were some final passes. I know Mkhitaryan had a couple of lobbing passes that Walbeck wasn't placed to receive. Um, but they worked pretty well together, again, especially in the first half with, uh, with Ozil. But yeah, before Ozil being subbed out, they were working pretty well together, right? Yeah, I, I, thought, I thought they were. And I know the, the, the way the teams lined up. Um, to begin with, I think we had uh, Wilshire kind of in the middle and Ozil and Mkhitaryan out on the out on the wings, and I was kind of interested to see like how that was going to work with um, with the three of them interchanging. And it turned out where like most of the guys played very centrally through the middle, mm-hmm. and uh, you know Bellerin and, and uh, Monreal, who who by the way were, were back from injury, so that was kind of cool to see those guys back. I know maybe yeah. you didn't appreciate Bellerin back, but I mean those guys <laughs> provided the win. <laughs> No, 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 yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry. I had to throw a little, throw a little shot out there to uh, yeah, yeah, Martin, yeah, yeah. Uh, president of the uh, hate <laughs> club. But, but like you know, those guys um, gave the width to the attack, and they they allowed Ozil and Mkhitaryan to play centrally. And yes, you're right; they were really good. Wilshire was also, Ramsey was also. Uh, that yeah. that midfield, um, just their their passing was good. They, yeah, I think Mkhitaryan and Ozil, I like, kind of missed that final ball but uh they were causing their passing was causing all sorts of problems for for milan's defense and um they were able to keep possession and uh, you know after we got after we got that goal on the penalty uh you know arsenal were just back on the front foot and they were attacking and keeping possession and just kind of more or less keeping milan at arm's length i wasn't um too concerned you know about you know getting uh, losing our losing our two goal cushion again, and 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 then we just you know obviously with the Jaka goal and with with uh, the, the uh, Welbeck second goal, we just extended that cushion. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, I think Ozil and Mkhitaryan played played really well. No, yeah, and I did want to go over the uh, the third goal just because 
last podcast, I was really appreciating El Nini's run of form. Uh, the person, I don't, I remember against Watford, we talked about how Holden had that one pass that went pretty much through the two lines of defense of Watford and uh, ended up at Ozil's feet. Um, El Nini had a, a similar play. It wasn't as decisive as Holden's pass was, but it was a very nice through pass that kind of led the flow of the game uh, for this. And for me, I think we were critical before of El Nini with his, uh, his comfort on the ball his decision-making on the ball. He would usually go more for the safe pass, which is good, um, but sometimes you want to see that person who plays the center midfield role do a better job changing the play from defense to offense. And El Nenny, when he, I know he came in a little bit late. He had about like 15 minutes to play. But for me, I think he was the creator of this goal. Um, and then also, this wouldn't be a fourth-best podcast episode if we don't do a dig on Danny Welbeck. Did you see when, they cro- when the original cross came in from, I think it was Ramsey, the F- Welbeck jumps behind. Oh, I gotta see who this was. I don't even know who the first. Uh, oh, actually, Ramsey was the first person that contacted. It was close to contacting the ball. But Welbeck does like this little jump behind him to try to head it in, and then he finally gets the ball, and then he he's, he's able to head it afterwards and getting his second goal. But we're up three to one, uh, and obviously with a few minutes left in the game, five to one aggregate. There's nothing else we're not gonna really do, right? Yeah, yeah, to to uh, <laughs> yeah, the Welbeck was. I I did kind of notice that also. He had another one earlier in the game where he kind of jumps for a ball that ends up getting hit by somebody else, and he comes crashing into Milan defender. I thought that was just kind of funny, but um, but yes, to to your original point about El Neni, uh, yes, that was a, it was a great pass uh, to Wilshire, I believe it was who. Yeah, Wilshire. Very similar. You're right. Very similar to that holding pass to Ozil a couple weeks or a couple games ago, where he. Uh, um, it was basically that pass. He doesn't get any credit for it. He doesn't get any assists. He doesn't even get the, the, the hockey assist. Yeah. Um, but, it, you know, if you're watching the game, you just kind of notice, like, that pass was the one that really kind of unlocked the defense. And, yes, El Nenny had it this time. And it's good to see him taking uh, a little bit – like, having a little bit more ambition with his passes, not always going for the safe side-to-side pass. Um, it's all right. Play a ball forward. You know, take a chance. Yeah. Live on the edge like, a little bit, Mohamed. So I, I, it was I, nice and – and uh, yeah, it was it was Ramsey who uh, who had the initial header and and uh, it was saved and then Welbeck with the with the tap in and the uh, nice yeah. And the, the when was the last the time? When was the last time we could say Welbeck had two goals in a game? When when was the last time Welbeck had a goal? I think it was against nine and fours was the last time he actually scored. Uh, which yeah, it was uh, yeah, it was like a December or January. It was it was, Jan- it's been it was a like while. A, it was like the first week of January, and then before that, I mean, I know he's had injury issues. You know what's scary? And I don't mean to be negative, but. He, I mean, he did show more confidence in this game than he has recently. And usually when he starts showing more confidence, that's when he gets injured. So hopefully he, has, he takes two weeks off, is able to continue uh, against Stoke City. But, I mean, it was, it, he, was, he was fairly impressive, especially for Welbeck standards uh, for this game. But I'm going to be more positive yeah, that's about a, anyway. Can I point out how ominous that statement is that you just made, that once he starts <laughs> showing – let me just break this down. Once he starts showing confidence – and also playing well, he yeah. gets hurt. And then he said, well, hopefully he takes two weeks off, except he's not going to get two weeks off. He's going to play for England. Oh, that's and right. I'm sorry. That's right. He probably will get hurt. Oh, jeez. Oh, so, geez. Uh, Danny, we know you're listening. Um, maybe just fake an injury in training and just don't even play for England. Exactly, because we need you. Um, yeah. But okay, so <laughs> let's talk about the main point of this game. Um, we did we did go over it. First off, I actually want to start off with a, a tweet by our local Bay Area Gooners. Uh, 
and they, they pretty much wrote nothing that hack John Cross Muir uh, does surprises us. And it was literally this he- these headline comparisons that he did. First off, it was uh, Deli Ali's uh, dive against uh, uh, Rockdale a few years ago, or a few, a few weeks ago, sorry, uh, where the headline by John Cross said, Deli Ali played for Tottenham penalty, but Rockdale boss won't hold it against him. Quoting, I hope he does it for England. So it's all positive. Like, you know, he's a fighter. He did the dive because he's a team player and he knows what to do uh, for for his team. Then Danny Welbeck's uh, uh, title says, Danny Welbeck's shameful dive overshadows Arsenal win and embarrasses English football. Even Gunners fans were appalled. Okay, so Steve, you and I are Gunners fan, uh, fans. Are, are you appalled? Uh, am I appalled by what? By Danny, Danny Welbeck or what dive. John Cross wrote. Oh, okay. Uh, so I guess that's, for, that's perfect. Just, yeah, do Danny Welbeck, and then from that, the John Cross, uh, what he wrote. Okay, so uh, so I guess the, the I guess the crux of the argument is, uh, well, first of all, I don't believe it was a penalty. But the second part is, do I think it was a dive? Like, did Danny Welbeck intentionally go down to you know earn a penalty and? Um, you guys know my opinion about Danny Welbeck. I don't think we've kept a secret about that. I think calling it a dive would be giving Danny Welbeck just way too much credit. Um, I don't think he's capable of that sort of like uh, f- <laughs> foresight. And uh, I, I, he's a guy like we've watched him play. I'm pretty sure. Well, John, John Cross, I don't know. if I, Who knows? I assume he's watched him play. I, I don't even know if this guy watches games. But the, the, the referee who gave the penalty, I assume, had at least watched one Arsenal game before this one. Yeah. Um, Danny Welbeck falls on his own accord all the time. I mean, we his, we should just start calling him Danny Felbeck because I, the, the, the guy just like <laughs> cannot sort his feet out like ever. Uh, did they not watch the first leg of the Milan game? The guy like tripped himself trying to shoot from outside the box. It was hilarious. It was like in the, yeah. the ninety some odd minute. Like this is this is Danny Welbeck as usual. Yeah. Um, now he's also uh, gone. He's also been fouled in the box and hasn't cried for a penalty in the past. Uh, most recently, uh, one of the more famous ones was the Man United one. Um, he's not a guy that that does that. He's, you know. So, I no, I'm giving Danny the benefit of the doubt on this one. It was not a full-on dive. It wasn't a penalty, but it also isn't Danny Welbeck's fault that a penalty got, you know, whatever. He trips in the box. He kind of looks around. You know, for the referee, the penalty gets called. Rodriguez is standing there with both hands up. Always makes you look more guilty. Um, yeah. So, no, the, the beginning of that argument is, no, it was not a dive. Now, onto the second part of it. Uh, this clown, John Cross. Man, I mean, I don't even know where to start with this guy. Uh, yeah. Because you're right. Like, he writes this article about Deli Alley, like, as if, um, as if him diving, like, earns the penalty some kind of way, like, uh, like it was an honorable, honorable way to to trick the referee into giving giving the penalty, and then Danny Welbeck does the same thing, and he gives him a zero out of ten, and he calls him a disgrace, and all this. Yeah, <sighs> whatever. This guy's such a cl- like like as if the internet doesn't exist, and we can't just go back and read his article written less than a month ago about Deli Alley. Like, and so well, when when I saw that, when I saw that, sorry to keep going on this rant. No, you're good. You're good. No, go go really, go. Really, like, really annoyed me. Um, when I saw that zero out of ten, I was I was upset, and I was gonna retweet it, and then I was like, you know what? No, I'm not gonna retweet this because this is exactly what John Cross wants. He wants us to get all upset about this and retweet this to, 
you know, like a million hits. And even if it is all just, you know, calling him a clown and, and I'm sure there'll be a segment of the fan base that are sending him death threats and all this stuff, at least for his job purposes, he gets all those clicks and views and um, mentions and all this stuff. And it makes him, you know, like look like he's kind of like doing the right thing as far as his yeah. company is concerned, getting him, you know, clicks. And so I was like, no, I'm not going to retweet this. This is exactly what he wants. He just put that zero out of 10 there for shock value. I think if you really thought Danny Welbeck's dive was such a disgrace, let's be honest, like, and, and we are not the biggest Danny Welbeck fans. Yeah. He played, he played a decent uh, game. I am. And so, and so if I was going to give ratings, you know, I would probably would have given him a six and a half to a seven out of 10. Now, if I yeah. thought his dive was that disgraceful, I would have knocked it down to a five. And then I would have mentioned in my, you know, like they usually write like a paragraph explaining themselves. Look, Danny played great. That dive, I just, you know, like I just can't condone that sort of behavior. He, I was going to give him a seven out of 10, dropped it to a five. That's like yep. what a reasonable, normal adult would have done. But no, John Cross does the childish thing. And he's like, oh, I'm just going to put a big old fat zero so that, you know, shock value, everybody's going to retweet this and whatever. Like he is such a clown. I, you yeah. know, and yeah, sorry. It ran over. That's my rant on John Cross. And that's why we didn't retweet it. No, you're good. You're good. Well, also, just the fact that Deli Ali did it against Rockdale. Rockdale currently sit in the 23rd position in the third division. So Deli Ali was trying to cheat a team that's in the third division, whereas Danny Welbeck, quote, cheated a team that's historical like AC Milan. And also, when he says embarrasses English football, I think what embarrassed English football was Manchester United being kicked out of the Champions League by Sevilla. Uh, Chelsea being kicked out. I mean, I know Barcelona is a big deal, but English football was coming in in the Champions League, having, what, five teams in in the Champions League, three of them getting kicked out. Um, So the fact that Arsenal was able to overcome a powerhouse like Milan and continue in European football, I don't understand how that can actually embarrass English football. Because also, it wasn't like the aggregate was 1-0 to because of that penalty. The aggregate was 5-1. to So I don't think that penalty weighs as much in negative for Arsenal as it does in favor, the fact that they actually are representing English football uh, in general. But there is actually one more thing I wanted to talk about, and that was Manchester United. Um, I had the, uh, the quote. I need to find it real quick. Um, it was by uh, Gooners in USA podcast, and it talks about Alexis Sanchez. I don't know about you, Steve, but I was pretty happy to see Alexis Sanchez looking dejected uh, because he left us for Champions League football, and uh, he doesn't have it anymore, at least for the rest of the season. Alexis, this is what Gunners in USA podcast said. Alexis was dispossessed of his pride, his chances of European glory, his ability to dictate play on the pitch, the respect of his dogs, his competitive drive, and his man card. I think that was perfectly well written by the uh, Gunners in USA podcast. I applaud that tweet. And also I applaud Sevilla for overcoming a, a, a Mourinho and Manchester United and continue to the next round. What did you think about Alexis Sanchez and being uh, kicked out of the Champions League? Yeah, I mean, I just think it's hilarious. And also, uh, I'm not surprised that he lost the ball, what was it, 42 times or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. all that just brought great joy to my heart. Um, I saw a tweet. Uh, I, I wish I should have took a screen grab of it. I forget who it was. But it was basically, a, uh, so I'm not stealing credit, but it was somebody tweeted, uh, Alex Sanchez's best performance for Manchester United so far this season has been on the piano. <laughs> so um, That was perfect. Yeah, I saw <laughs> that, that one too. just about sums up uh, his uh, – his how his Manchester United time has gone so far, and I love seeing. Um, I always love seeing Mourinho just you know looking totally distraught and like oh for sure beside himself in the in the post match press conference. So um, all good stuff. So we get a win. We get to see uh, Manchester 
United just, I don't know what, what's going on with them right now. I mean, they're still higher up in the league, but um, to see them uh, with their billion-dollar payroll, like, just floundering is awesome. Brings yeah. a smile to my heart. Um, so, yeah, so that's all good. We're, we're pretty happy. We're on to the next round. We are uh, scheduled to play against CSK Moscow. That's going to be uh, sometime next month. Um, I don't have the date in front of me, but it will be next month. Uh, the th- only thing to actually look out for is England and Russia have a history of uh, fans clashing. The Euro 2016, there was a huge ordeal. Um, from what I heard, just uh, generally the Russian fans are pretty hardcore, and English fans have a history uh, back in the day of being the hooligans and everything. Uh, pretty much any Arsenal fan that does go out there, you know, stay safe, stay out of trouble. Um, but it's definitely going to be an interesting match. Um, CSK got through by the away goal uh, rule. They beat uh, Lyon, which was one of the uh, candidates to win the whole tournament. So they overcame a hurdle themselves. Um, and it'll be a really tough game against CSK. But our next game is the game against Stoke City on April 1st. Um, but other than that, uh, is there anything else? Am I missing something here? Uh, well, no, but I uh, just want to point out that the BBC ran an article today that a Russian official, Alexei Sorokin, um, has assured Arsenal fans that they have nothing to worry about in Moscow next okay. month. So, uh, yeah, cool. He's probably right. So we yeah. can go ahead and end our worrying now. <laughs> yeah, uh, then, then we're good. We're good. Um, uh, actually, also, um, I want to say congratulations to Jack Wilshire because he also got called up as as well did uh, Danny Welbeck. So congrats to the, both oh, of those guys. Oh, you know, we did forget... You know, we did forget. Um, actually, uh, this past game was Danny Welbeck's 100th for Arsenal. So, so there was Ooh. that. Congratulations on getting 100 um, uh, appearances for Arsenal for uh, Mr. Danny Welbeck. And he uh, does it in style with two goals. There's a joke in that, I know for sure. But you know what? I'm not going to say it. And I'm just going to leave it there. Um, so I think that does it for this week's episode of the Fourth Best Podcast. Congratulations again to Danny and, and Jack Wilshire and to Arsenal and all. On to the next round. See you guys uh, next time.